Psalm 138, just uh, eight verses here. We're going to read through this right quick. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. And all the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth far off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the work of thine own hands. I want to talk to you tonight just for a few moments on this thought. Walking and talking in the midst of trouble. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your presence that we feel tonight. For the promise of your word that where there's two or more gathered in your name, you're there in the midst. Lord, tonight we just want to hear what the Spirit would say. Let it, Lord, just challenge us, encourage us. Let it instruct us tonight, bring us into a new place of our faith. And Lord, we're going to praise you for it tonight. We ask these things, Lord, in your mighty name. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, a shout. Hallelujah. Lift up a voice, a shout. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being in Wednesday night. Uh, As I do oftentimes, I I, I read through scriptures and I try to slow down. I'll check myself and I'll slow down. So I can just kind of get what the passage is saying. And it's amazing that every time you read through a passage, it's like it says something new. It's, it adds to something you already knew. But I, I just thought about, as I was reading this tonight, this says this is a psalm of David. And in the first two verses, he was just saying, I will praise you with my whole heart. And he said, and before the gods, you know, I'll sing praise unto you, and I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness, for thy truth, for you have magnified thy word above all thy name. And, you know, we have got to be worshipers of the Most High God. And David, not trying to pat himself on the back, not trying to give himself accolades. He just makes a statement. This is the way I live my life. I am going to be praising God. I'm going to be worshiping him. I'm going to be worshiping his name. I believe in his kindnesses. I believe in his truth. And then he says, he switches. In the day when I cried, you answered me and you strengthened me with strength in my soul. Now your soul is going to live forever somewhere. And David knows that, and God knows that. 
And David uh, is letting us know that God is concerned with the condition of our soul. And not just on that day that we stand before him, but while we are here now, I'm going to strengthen you to help you make it to eternity. But before we get so anxious for deliverance, we need to make sure that we are worshiping and praising this God for his truth. And before David started talking about how God can set me free and deliver me and and give me strength and all these things, he said, I'm going to praise his name. I'm going to lift my voice and sing. I'm going to worship toward his holy hill. You know, what what I'm getting out of this to me, the way it spoke to me was that in these three verses, he begins to say, yes, I'm going through something, but that's not going to stop me from lifting my voice and magnifying the Lord. That's not going to stop me from exalting Him. It doesn't change that His Word is truth. It doesn't change that He has loving kindness towards me. It doesn't change the fact that He's holy and worthy of all the glory. And then uh, when I cried, He answered. I tell you, it pays to be a worshiper. One place in the Scripture, a man, uh, he, he spoke when he was questioned. He said, we know that God does not hear the prayers of sinners, but if any man be a worshiper, him he heareth. The Bible says that if we're going to worship God, we must worship him in spirit and in truth, for God seeketh such to worship him in spirit and truth. That's what God's looking for, Who who's going to worship, uh, and, and not just running to him saying, help me, help me, help me, but sometimes we ought to be running to him saying, I bless your name. I magnify you. You are worthy. Your mercy is great, and it endures forever. We ought to just be lifting him up. And giving him praise. What, what are we uh, walking and talking in the midst of our trouble? What are we doing? What are we saying? What's going on in our walk of faith with God? And that's where I, in verse 7 where I, uh, I just pulled this little thought out was uh, David goes on to say, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You shall stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand shall save me. And the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. In other words, he'll complete it. He'll, he'll finish the work. It's, it's like the scriptures that are written that he that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's something you can be confident in. And David is confident here. And, and as I was reading this and just going over this same verse over and over in my mind, I, I remembered how uh, Paul wrote in, in Romans. He said, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? There's been a question uh, throughout time, even in the Old Testament, all the way through to the New Testament. Will we believe God that he will come through? Are we only believing him for the manna and the quail or for the signs and the wonders? Or do we believe that God is faithful to his people and that he will take care of them that praise him and he will watch out for them that worship him and those that are don't get me wrong he loves everybody but friend don't you know that God's going to reward the faithful doer that's the scripture and God's going to take care of those that lift up his name and those that are washed in his blood and filled with his spirit we are the church and and though the gates of hell come against us they shall not prevail God's going to take care of the church and when I was reading I was trying to think we've got to get away from this Americanized Western culture uh, type of faith where it's all about, well, we just believe a little bit, but if something happens, you know, 
uh, that kind of faith that says, well, God loves me, so nothing bad will ever happen to me. There's people that believe that. And then they get really discouraged when something bad happens. And they wonder, is God real at all? But we've got to leave that mindset that if God loves me, nothing bad will ever happen. Because He just said, uh, in this walk of faith, you're going to find yourself slapped in the middle of trouble. But He said, listen to what He said, though I walk. Now how do we walk? Come on, somebody answer. <laughs> the just live by faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Hey, that don't never change. It had never changed. And it didn't change for David. And David was saying, in the middle of my walk, in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. He said, I know that I'm walking by faith. And in the middle of trouble, you're going to revive me. What are you saying in the middle of your trouble? David made a statement of faith right here. Though I walk in the midst of faith, I'm going to make a statement. Listen, our walk of faith, it needs a statement to go along with it. When we're walking, we're going to find ourselves in trouble sometimes. But we don't need to say, I wonder where God's at. I wonder what God will do. But instead, we should say, God, you will revive me. You're going to take care. Of, you're going to make sure that I get through. You will stretch forth your hand against my enemies and you will save me. You will perfect the things that concern me because I am the work of your hands. It's time that we don't only walk by faith, but we need to talk by faith. And as we're walking, we need to be talking. We need to walk the walk and we need to talk the talk. And we need to realize that when I find myself in the middle of trouble, God will revive me. We think the only time I'm going to get revived is at the altar or at camp meeting or at conference or some other kind of place. But God said, in the midst of trouble, I will revive you. When you find yourself in a place where you can't do anything, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to be true. I'm still going to come through for you. That's the God that I serve tonight, and I worship Him, and I praise Him, and it don't mean that I won't ever see bad days or thunderstorms or clouds or a fiery furnace. Son, sometimes it's going to happen. It's going to come our way, but God is faithful who is promised, and God will raise us up, and God will take care of us. It's still not the Lord's will that any perish. I believe that God is not wanting us to be destroyed, and God is not wanting us to lose. But I need to make a statement that I have confidence in God. You will revive me. I'm in the middle of trouble. I'm not standing at the edge looking at it. I'm not on the other side of it. But I'm right in the middle of it. And one thing I can say in the middle of it is not woe is me. This shouldn't be happening. But instead I'm saying God will revive me. Oh, I'm trying to help you. I want to help us tonight. We've got to stop just thinking that everything is always going to be okay. In one sense, it is always okay. Because you don't lose Him in trouble. He don't forget about you in trouble. You still go into heaven. You don't lose the Holy Ghost. You don't lose that blood bought that washed you whiter and snow. You don't lose any of that condition. But we forget about that when trouble comes. 
But David said, and he's a man after God's own heart, and he's a man that's made mistakes, and he's a man that knows what it's like to find himself uh, crying and weeping because of things he's lost, but, but he would always go back and encourage himself in the Lord. And that's what he's doing right here. In the midst of trouble, you will revive me. How, how long has it been since you just said, I'm going to get through this. God will make a way. God will come through. God will still do what He said He would do. I know trouble is a strange place. I've preached that before. It's, trouble is a strange place to find revival. But that's right where He said you would find it. I know as, as in church culture we think about revival as when people are praying and fasting and running and shouting. People's being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, signs and wonders and miracles and healings. But, but is that really revival? Shouldn't that just be normal for a book of Acts church? For folks that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and serve the mighty God. Shouldn't that just be normal? Shouldn't that happen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Whatever month it is, whatever year it is, whatever time of day it is, isn't that just normal living for God's people? But revival is what you find in heartache. Revival is what you find in trials and when you fail and when you mess up. Revival is what you find in the storm. When you feel like I'm about to go down for the count and all of a sudden you get back up and keep going, that's where you find revival. You find revival when you know I can't do nothing else. You find revival when you feel faint, like you're going to wa wash out, but then God comes through. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter what you're going through or how hard it is. You can always open your mouth and, hey, listen, when it's down in your heart, when you know that God's true and that God's Word don't lie and that God will never leave you or forsake you, it's going to come out of your mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. And when your heart is fixed, as the psalmist said, trusting in the Lord, you know God's going to come through. And I know it sounds crazy sometimes and you, you think, Pastor, you saying trouble ain't real. I'm telling you, trouble is absolutely real. But God is more real than any trouble you'll ever face. The deliverance of the Lord is more real than anything the enemy can throw at you. And we've got to get to that point where we're not no longer thinking that, well, I've had faith in God and it's just going to be smooth sailing. But I've got faith in God and I'll make it through every storm, through every valley, through every fiery furnace, through every heartache, through every dark night. Oh, I might cry, but I'm going to rejoice. God will turn your mourning into dancing. Woo! Walking and talking in the midst of trouble. Don't let trouble stop your walk, and don't let it shut your mouth. You keep walking, and you keep talking, and you keep blessing the Lord, and honey, you're going to come through. Yeah. Listen. Revival comes from strange places. And that's why we can't quit on God. We can't walk away in the middle of our mess and say, well, this ain't for me because we might just walk away from our answer. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. That word revive is kaya. And it means keep or leave or make alive. So he can keep you alive, leave you alive, or make you alive in the midst of trouble. It means to give 
life or to promise life in the midst of trouble. It means to nourish up, to preserve, quicken, recover, repair, restore to life in the midst of trouble. He don't have to take you somewhere quiet and serene to revive you, to restore you, to nourish you up, to preserve you. But in the midst of trouble, God will keep you, make you alive, promise you life. He will promise you life right in the middle of your trouble. Because that's what God can do. And we know these things that God is able to do. All these kind of things. We know that He can do it. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 3, very familiar. And not only so, but with glory and tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience. And patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength. Well, when you don't have strength, what do you need? Reviving. When we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we needed it most, he came through. When we had to have it, he came through. That's why we can't quit on God in the middle of our mess. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep believing. In the midst of trouble, you will revive me. In the midst. I was, I don't even think I gave the scriptures to them tonight for this, but while I was looking over this again before I came out, that word midst. Just kept jumping up in my mind, and I, I just been reading through the Old Testament. Now, remembered, I just read about some people in the midst of trouble. And when you read the story of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, you're going to find that they know what it's like to be in the midst of trouble. And it says that when the, the king made a decree that if at the time of music, if people didn't fall down and worship the image that he had set up, that they would be thrown in the midst. Of a burning, fiery furnace. Well, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did not fall down and worship the image. And so they were thrown into the midst in the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 21 of Daniel 3. They were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And it says, and they fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. But then the king looked into the fire and he said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Woo! Let me tell you about getting in the midst of trouble. God's going to be there. When you get in the midst, when people see you in the midst, they're going to see you walking with Jesus. When you trust him, when you love him, when you serve him, when you will only worship him, when you will only praise him, don't worry about going off into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace because there's going to be one there waiting to loose you. He said they wasn't rolling around screaming and crying and begging to get out. They were walking. Walking and talking, they had liberty, they had freedom, they had deliverance, they had peace of God that passes understanding in the midst of the burning fiery furnace, in the midst of trouble. God will revive me. So don't get weary, Paul said, in well doing. 
because you're going to reap if you don't faint. Don't give up. We can't quit. We can't stop. We've got to remember that God will come through. Oh, we look at trouble as the end of all things, but your trouble is not your end. Your trouble is your revival. That's where it starts. That's where you, let me tell you, in that time, in that fire, in that den of lions, in that heartache, in that pain, that's where you're going to learn how faithful God is. When you see that window open, when you see that door swing open, when you see that way of escape that God has made for you, you're going to start learning some things about the God you serve. But when we got this cheap, superficial faith that says, oh, God is love and nothing bad ever happens to the saints, we don't know nothing. We've got to remember. Now, I know I, I believe that God will keep his people from things. Absolutely uh, keep us from things. But he is also the great deliverer. And friend, sometimes he'll let you go right into the midst of something just so he can show you who he is. You're one of the great phrases in the story of Lazarus is when he was talking to his disciples and, and he said Lazarus is dead and he said and I, will, and I am glad that I was not there to the intent that you may believe there's always a reason why he lets you go to the extreme uh, I wonder what Lazarus you, know, you well, see Lazarus well, you know, I sure wish you'd have showed up a little earlier. I was coughing and hacking, burning up with a fever. I was sick. I couldn't keep nothing down. I, I, you know, I was aching all over, and I was seeing, I was delusional. I was having hallucinations and convulsions and seizures. And, and, you, and you waited two days while that was happening, and then I died. But then he rose from the dead. Lazarus, come forth. He wasn't sick at all. Oh, next chapter, Lazarus is sitting at dinner with Jesus. I, I would venture today that there are people in the world that if God didn't come through before they died, they would never sit at the table with him. Uh-uh, you let me go through that? No way I'm sitting with you. <laughs> but God's going to always do the greater miracle. And he said, he told Martha, he said, I told you if you'll believe, you'll see the glory of God. He said, my answer for the situation that Lazarus is going through is glory. God's going to get the glory. You're going to learn some things about who I am. I am the resurrection and the life. And if you're going to be a, a vessel and, and an instrument of the Lord, if you're going to be a living sacrifice, sometimes you might have to sacrifice. Oh, that's, that's more than just a, a beautiful title. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And if we're going to be a living sacrifice, sometimes we're going to sacrifice so that God can get the glory. That's where your light shines, where you stand up in the middle of trouble and say, even though I'm in the midst of the worst days of my life, God's still faithful and God will bring me out of this and God will revive me. And that's where the light starts shining. And that's where people start saying, hey, there must be something to what they got. Because when the king brought Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, he said, come out. And he said, they came up out of the midst of the furnace. And the last verse of that, that uh, chapter says, and the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went through it for a reason, to the intent that God could get the glory. The king said, there ain't no God that can deliver like their God. There ain't another God like him nowhere. And everybody needs to serve and worship this God. And he promoted these boys. God's going to take you to another level when you trust Him in the midst 
of the fire, in the midst of trouble. You can just count on it. You're going to another place. And that's what God wants his people to understand. Because unless you haven't read the Bible, it tells us that perilous times are coming. That trouble is coming on this earth. And that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. But those that do know their God are going to be strong. And they're going to do uh, great exploits. They're going to know uh, what God can, what He's already done, what He can do, and what He will do. We're going to have to get to a place where we trust God above everything else. Above what we see, above what we hear, above what we're going through. We're going to have to trust God. Walking and talking. I'm going to keep walking by faith. And I'm going to keep speaking by faith. Because I know that God is faithful. God will come through for His people. In Isaiah 40. Oh, we know this one, don't we? Isaiah 40 and 28. Uh, have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not and neither is weary? There is no searching of His understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. This is what God does. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. And they shall walk and they will not faint. I'm telling you, in the middle of trouble, in the middle of things that seem like it's going to wear you out, God will revive you. God will give you strength. Oh, there's some great, hey, oh, how sweet it is to trust in Jesus because I know that it might be hard and I might have some tears right now, but I'm going to come out of this because God is going to make a way. In the midst of trouble, God's going to revive me. Oh, come on, He's going to revive you. He's going to nourish you, preserve you, quicken you, recover, repair, restore you. God will do it. That's what God will do. Because God is faithful. Who is promised. Psalm 46 and 1 says that our God is a very present help in time of trouble. He's a very present help. A very present help. He's not late to the party. <laughs> he's, he's not uh, texting you saying, I'm going to be five minutes late. I'll be there in ten. But he's a very present help. Where? In trouble. Well, the Bible says in Acts 3 and 19 that there are times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. God don't leave you in your trouble. But the Scripture tells me that when I suffer for righteousness' sake, that the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon me. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, there's times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord, and He's a very present help in trouble. So God's going to be with you. He's not going to let you die in the midst of your situation. But He's got right there to strengthen you, to lift you up, to raise you up, to encourage you. God will help you. Always there. Always there. In this world, He said, you'll have tribulation. It's coming. Oh, but don't be worried. Be of good cheer. God's going to be with us. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I'm so thankful that God is still coming to His people. 
that God is still moving on his people. In Psalm 121, 1 and 2, I will lift up my eyes unto the hill from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I could go on. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. He that keeps you will not slumber. He don't fall asleep on the job. Well, I would have got there, but I fell asleep. I overslept. I hit the snooze button. No, no, no. God's going to be there. Trouble is not the time to look for failure. It's the time to look for Him. That's why He said, with every temptation, I will make a way of escape. So you're able to bear it. Lift up your eyes when life throws everything at you, when, when all hell breaks loose in your life. Just look for Him. Get closer to Him. That's when you pray. That's when you fast. That's when you seek, ask, and knock. That's when you cry out. Because trouble was never meant to end you. It's going to promote you. Oh, I tell you, God will revive you in some strange places. In Judges 15, Samson had just won a great victory. It killed all these men with the jawbone of a donkey. I mean, just laid them out, thousand men with a jawbone. And when he was done, man, he was exhausted. He was, he was to the point that he was, he, I'm going to die. He was so thirsty. In verse 18, he said, he called on the Lord. You have given this great deliverance into the hand of your servant. And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. Now, Samson was a Nazarite from his birth. He was intended to be a judge over Israel. That was his calling. Verse 19 says, But God clave a hollow place that was in that jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk of this water, his spirit came again, and he revived. Makes me think of that living water. That Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's the same living water that, that Jesus was talking to on the well in Samaria. That's telling her, say, if you drink this water, you'll never thirst. It'll take care of you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bless you. I, I'm glad that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Uh, that spirit of God that lives inside of us. That, that lets us know God is with me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My goodness, when we get into trouble, did, did, are we thinking that the Holy Ghost left us? Did I leave it somewhere? Did I put it somewhere? It don't never leave. It dwells inside of us. And when he drank of this water that God gave, his spirit came again and he revived. And he called the name of this place in Hakoreh Lea. Well, I looked up that word. So what does that mean in Hakore? It means fountain of one calling. Let me tell you, God has called us. 
And he's given us rivers of living water to dwell inside of us. There's a fountain of one. And God did not call us to defeat. And he did not call us to lose. And he did not call us to raise the white flag or throw in the towel. He did not call us to be beat by a lesser enemy. But he called us to victory. And friend, let me tell you, there's living water inside of us. There's a refreshing inside of us. There's a presence with us all the time. And wherever that presence is, there's a refreshing Oh, hear what I'm telling you today. And begin to learn and know something else about God. That God's not going to let you lose once you fight the battle. God's not going to leave you without victory. God's not going to let you fight until you die. God will revive you again. God needs you. He called you. And there's a fountain of one calling. We're all baptized into one body by one spirit. We're called by that spirit. His children. I'm thankful today that God has called us to be revived. Samson called on God and he was revived. He got revival in the midst of his battle. There's some strange places that these kind of revivings happen in Scripture. In Judge, not in Judges, but in Second Kings, there was a man who was dead. And they were about to bury him. But while they were burying this man, it says the ones that were doing the burying, they saw these men. And so they just threw the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And the man was let down, and he touched the bones of Elisha, and he revived. <laughs> oh, he revived, and he stood up on his feet. Sometimes you feel like you're being buried. Everything that you faced, you're in the midst of it. You feel like you're being buried. But let me tell you, just let them put you in the grave. Because we serve the resurrection and the life. Oh, that man revived. I wonder what he thought when he looked down and saw them bones. said he stood up. I don't know how deep that grave was or where he was at, but he stood up. Amen. Of course, maybe it was just a cave. Maybe he lit a match and looked around and said, Woo, what am I doing in here? In the midst of all this death, here I stand revived. In the midst of all these dry bones, here I am alive. You hear what I'm telling you? That God is still with you and God's for you. So you keep on walking and you keep on talking in the midst of your trouble. Don't lose your song. Don't lose your praise. Don't lose your worship. Don't stop walking. Don't give up. Don't lay down. Don't quit. Don't sit this one out. You keep on going. Oh, come on. Can I just sit this one out, God? This one's too hard. Oh, because you can do it. The reason we don't sit it out is because God knows we can do it. I can still do all things through Christ. That gives me strength or that revives me. You know why I can do it? Because God revives me. I was watching. You know, it's it's silly, I know, but it, it, uh, I was watching uh, one of the Rocky movies last night. It was just like the last fifteen minutes of it was on, and it was the last one where he was fighting that young guy, and he got hit real hard right there at the end. And he went down, and he had, was on one knee, had his glove down, and he's talking to himself, and he says, "What was it that you said to the kid?" And he started remembering these words of encouragement that he had told his son. And he stood back up. And he went to punching again. And all the way to the bell, he was, they were slugging all the way to the bell. And I just thought about that. I said, it was something he remembered. 
some, some truth that got him to stand back up and keep on punching. And that's just a movie. But man, I love it every time. But this is real. And when I think about the Word of God and the truth of His Word and the faithfulness of my Savior, when I know that He's going to be with me wherever I go, and that even in the midst of trouble, He will revive me. He won't abandon me. He won't let me go. He won't he won't shame me. He won't hurt me. He won't laugh at me. He won't mock me. But in my trouble, He will revive me. Woo! Aren't you glad that you serve a faithful God? Y'all can come on to the music. You can stand with me. Listen, God left us a promise that we could beat it. When the enemy puts me in the grave, there's a touch I can receive even there. I, it'll put me back on my feet, back on track with God. He can give you a revival in your grave. When Israel found themselves in 70 years of bondage, Ezra wrote this in Ezra 9. And now for a little space, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape, to give us a nail, something sure, something fastened, something we can hang our hopes on in His holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. For we were bondmen, yet God has not forsaken us in our bondage, but has extended mercy unto us in the sight of the king of Persia to give us a... to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolation and give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. God said you might be in a place you've been in a place that's not your own you've been in a place that you don't want to be but I have not forsaken you in your bondage but I have set you up the whole time that they were there in those 70 years he told them plant grow build marry have children prosper keep growing because one day you're coming out of this place You'll be back in the land that I promised unto you. And I want you to know in the middle of your trouble, you keep going, you keep growing, you keep walking and talking, you keep prospering, you keep believing, you keep trusting. You're going to come out of it. God's going to make a way. God's going to make a way. I, I, I'm getting here. This, let, me, let me leave you this right here. Isaiah 57 and 15. I don't even know if I gave you this one, brother. Or sis, who's back there? Brother Matthew. But Isaiah 57 and 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. With him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive. To revive the spirit of the humble. And to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Those uh, contrite, crumbled, bruised, and crushed. There's a revival, a reviving in your heartache. We feel defeated. We feel like failures. But God wants to revive us. God wants to revive us. God has His way, the Scripture says, in the whirlwind and in the storm. God's going to revive you in the midst of your trouble. So you keep walking.
and you keep talking in the midst of your trouble. And whatever you've been going through tonight, today, this week, this year, whatever it is, God is going to have His way. And God has given us exceeding great and precious promises. That's why the trial of your faith is more precious than gold that perishes. Because it's going to be your way out. He makes a way of escape so you can bear it. And and this is it right here. The psalmist asked the question in Psalm 85 and 6. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Well, from all I've seen tonight and all that I've preached, I say the answer is yes. Yes, he will revive us again.